Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where critics and fans finally unite to discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. We're not just fans, we're not just critics, we're Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm John Negroni from the Internet California and from the Internet Pennsylvania. He's a pop culture writer for Cinema Blend and freelance writer for the playlist Cut Print Film and many more. It's Will Ashton, of course. Hey there. Hello. And back from the broadband basement, we've missed you. Soundmaster Maverick Hines. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We have a special guest this week to help us talk about Deadpool 2 joining us from the Internet New York. He covers entertainment for Observer and once received a bottle of tequila from Dwayne the Rob Johnson. Say hello to Brandon Katz. Hey, how's it going, guys? Brandon, thanks for coming on. Uh, excited to have you on to talk about Deadpool 2. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about Deadpool 2. Yeah, in fact, I'm so excited. I don't even want to waste any time. We're self-aware <laughs> over here. We're going to just start talking about it. I know usually yeah. we do off-topics, a little bit of shenanigans, but we'll, we're, we're cutting ourselves off here. Yeah, just cutting the fat, just going straight to the meat, which is ironic given the nature of this movie, I guess, but oh, let's go for it. to it. Okay. Uh, well, first we should say Deadpool 2 just came out. It's already breaking <laughs> records for R-rated movies. And uh, one question I have uh, for each of you is we started to talk about what we think of Deadpool 2. I don't know what you guys thought of the first Deadpool. I, I have an idea, but uh, uh, starting with you, Brandon Katz, you went into Deadpool 2. I mean, what, where were you at the first Deadpool? What, what was your impression going in? Listen, I greatly enjoyed the first Deadpool. I've always been a big fan of Ryan Reynolds, despite his seemingly horrible choice in big screen projects. I I thought the first movie was hilarious and grotesque and freshly entertaining throughout. But I actually just published a a piece on Observer yesterday about this. My biggest critique of the film, Fox and the movie, they paint Deadpool as this genre-subverting, counter-programming to standard superhero fare. You know, kids can see Avengers, but this one's for grown-ups. But when you look past the hard R rating in vulgarity, it's still just a conventional superhero story. So while I greatly enjoyed the first one and thought it was a blast, it's not nearly as challenging as it would like like to think of itself. It really unfolds kind of like a twisted Captain America. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I, I read your piece yesterday, so I, I knew kind of your feelings going in. But uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I did watch the first Deadpool. I rewatched it the second time the other day. And I, I don't know about you, Maverick and Will, but I was bored to tears. I, I had a blast when we watched that movie two years ago. I'll be totally honest. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was funny, thought it was fresh, different. I could barely get through it the second time, which. I've seen Thor Ragnarok like five times since it came out in November, so we have a lot to talk about. Okay, uh, Brandon, you did see Deadpool 2. Uh, what did you think of the sequel, though? I mean, what, you just watched this, I think, right? the other uh, Yesterday or the day before? Yeah, I just watched it last night. I'm not even 12 hours fresh off the movie. So. Perfect. I Listen, again, I watched it greatly enjoyed Deadpool 2. Once again, I think it's funny and entertaining. And if viewed from the lens of this being a comedy movie, it succeeds because it doesn't really pretend to care about the emotional aspects or letting the more serious moments breathe for a second because it's always going for the joke at every opportunity. And most of these jokes are pretty darn funny. But it does carry over a lot of the same issues as the first one in that it isn't redefining the superhero genre despite propping itself up on that ideal. The jokes come much more frequently, but don't hit quite as often. You know, there are some some pacing issues, and it's, it is a flaw, flawed product. 
But if you're just looking to have a good time, if you're just looking to laugh and enjoy, you know, Ryan Reynolds' quipster, then Deadpool 2 is going to deliver the goods. You know, I had a blast watching this, but I, I overall, I think I compare it to eating pizza for the second time ever. It's not quite as <laughs> groundbreakingly, shockingly good as the first time, but it's still friggin' pizza, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, okay, so that's an interesting, uh, interesting critique. So... We should say, I guess there are probably about 10 or 12 people who don't know what Deadpool 2 is, or maybe they didn't <laughs> see the first Deadpool, I don't know. But uh, this is a new film from 20th Century Fox, a superhero film based on a, a Marvel character that I personally, I, I grew up loving. And uh, this is, I think, the 11th movie within the X-Men Fox film canon, if you even want to call it canon, that's probably a stretch. <laughs> And as we alluded to, it's, of course, a sequel to the first one, Deadpool, starring Ryan Reynolds. This one's directed by David Leach, and um, I'm interested to hear what you have to think, Will Ashton, about David Leach and uh, his John Wick ties, of course. But, uh, yeah, this, this script, Ryan Reynolds worked on this one. He, did, he worked on the script in the last one, too, but along with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. And uh, Josh Brolin is in this. Marina Picard returns from the first film. T.J. Miller is back for some reason. Uh, and then Julian Dennison from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is in here. Zazie Beetz uh, plays Domino in this one, kind of a new heavy hitter. And uh, Brian Hildebrand returns as well, and Jack Kessie. So, and, and the synopsis, you know, such that it is, is that Deadpool, he, he apparently watched the Fast and the Furious movies and wants to, uh, wants to get, get a family. You know, he wants to form his own team, and he wants to protect a young mutant from this time-traveling john connor character named cable uh will ashton uh where are you at with deadpool and deadpool 2 yeah um when i saw deadpool 1 in 2016 it, it felt like i don't want to say a breath of fresh air but it just felt so invigorating for me because i guess i was following the hype at that time and when i saw it at a press screen i really didn't know at the time if it was going to be a hit or a miss it just felt like oh we they finally made it they finally pulled it off and i think in that moment, I was really taken by the film because I think it is exactly what it needed to be in 2016. In a weird way, I kind of feel like it's to superhero movies what Shrek is to um, fairy tale films, in that of it's very course. irreverent. Always bringing, always bringing up Shrek. Always getting I, Shrek I in there. I debated it, but I felt like it, it, it did serve a point. So, um, all right, all right. I don't know. It, it's all irreverent, right. and I don't think it's going to age perfectly well. I, actually, I don't even think it aged pretty well two years later but i think for a 2016 knock on superhero movies and anti-hero origins and stuff like that while still being like brandon said kind of in the mold of that film i think it, it fit what people were looking for at the time it came out just when people were clamoring for deadpool to have a cinematic emergence um and i guess it has even more than i think most comedy sequels and most superhero sequels, I feel like it had a lot of weight on its shoulders as far as what it could do for the second movie, because there are so many ways this could have gone completely wrong and could have improved on the things that need to be improved on with the first movie. And I think it's somewhere in the middle for me. Uh, I, there are some things in the movie I do enjoy. Overall, I was very entertained by the film throughout. But this one, despite the nature of being a sequel, I think it's a little baggier. I don't think it has the focus and the leanness of the first movie by any means. And I don't know. I mean... But at the same time, there is still that kind of underdog charm, even though it's a bigger, you know, ba like bigger, uh, more imposing film that I feel like it is still easy to root for, even if it is, you know, the humor is a lot more hit and miss this time for me. The the um, 
novelty of the first movie isn't there just by the nature of being a sequel to Deadpool. But at the same time, it is very much a Deadpool sequel. It's very true to the character. And I think it's going to play well for people who enjoyed the first film, more or less. And the thing I think is that what I really enjoyed, I guess, were the fact that they did take advantage of being a sequel and having a bigger budget because the set pieces here are a lot stronger than they were in the first movie just by the nature of being like i don't know how much it costs to make but certainly more than 50 50 million dollars uh and uh i mean for the most part, I did enjoy... million. that sounds about right and i did enjoy the nukes characters especially domino i think zazie beats practically steals the movie for me i mean i was very much enjoying her work on atlanta but this is really kind of like the star making role that I think she deserves, and uh, I it don't know. Be I was, clear. I was going she's in... not. She's not like in a ton of the movie. She doesn't show up until kind of later on. So, but true. But, she but does I show feel like up, she, she does make the most of it, in my oh, opinion. For sure. I and I would say she makes a better impression on me than Cable, who I was expecting to praise a lot. But I thought he was. I, I don't know. I, I think Josh Brolin did a fine job, but I guess maybe just coming so close off the heels of Infinity War, it just it, it didn't really strike me as much as I was hoping it would the cable i mean but overall i don't know i mean I'm, I'm still weighing my thoughts on the film it's been about a week or so since i've seen it but overall i did enjoy it you know i we're about to go into maverick maverick your thoughts and uh i'm, I'm a little concerned maverick because i just feel like people love this movie i mean i feel like our theater was i mean people were going nuts mm-hmm. they were having an amazing time and after we saw the movie i i looked i looked it up i, I take i took a look at what people are saying about this and 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, people are calling it one of the best superhero comedies ever made. And I'm sitting over here agreeing with Brandon Katz and Will Ashton. We're just a couple of contrarians over here, Maverick. I mean, where are you at? Uh, I think, you know, I'm I'm pretty right in line with you guys. Um, What's going on? When it comes to the first one, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, it, you know, th- this is kind of, this is my kind of humor. I really like the vulgar, you know, kind of like shocking um, I, I just I, that stuff's really funny to me. You're so vul- the, you're a vulgar guy, yeah. But yeah. we love you for it. I, you know, I have to tone myself down for this show because this is a family show. Mm-hmm. But I'm disgusted. But it's a movie about family. Yeah, so. I'm just I'm a horrible. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so I mean, it, it's definitely my humor, and and I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. And actually, I, I should say the only time I saw the first one. Um, but when you when we were talking about it before the second one, you were like, "Hey, I watched this." You know, I watched the original Deadpool again, and I was like, "I bet it doesn't hold up, does it?" Like I <laughs> I knew you, you know gave me that look. Like, that kind of <laughs> as much as I love that kind of humor and that that movie the first time I saw it, I, I can't imagine it's something that. You know, I, I haven't watched it again. I haven't wanted to. I knew you were watching it. I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you don't go back to that movie for its story. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, and there's only as good as Ryan Reynolds is at playing that character. I, I can see how you would have been bored seeing it the second time. And, uh, you know, that kind of translates a little bit over into this movie for me. Right. Like. I don't know if this one, even though, you know, like, like you guys mentioned, the budget was bigger, it's a different story, you know, stuff like that. I, I felt like I was kind of seeing a little bit of the first one a second time again, and I, I was a little bored for some of this movie. Um, it, you know, and I feel like that's probably an unpopular <laughs> thing to say, but I don't know if that this one was uh, super entertaining for me a lot of the time. It had some funny moments, right? Like, it's a Deadpool movie. There's going to be moments where you laugh, right? It wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the comedies we've seen recently where it's just like, okay. I think it's safe to say we all laughed. Yeah, it had its funny moments, yeah. but I don't know that those funny moments were 
enough to carry me into the movie being like, man, that was really good. Like, I'm really glad I did this. I didn't hate it. Like, I'm not trying to be super negative on it by any means. Like, it's funny. And I know a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Like you said, you know, it's 85%. People are really liking this movie. And I think most people probably will. But I don't know. It just wasn't there for me. It, it, it didn't really click on a lot of, uh, you know, on a lot of levels for me. I, I don't want to put words into people's mouths, but I feel like I'm, I'm pretty negative on this movie. And I feel like I'm a little bit more negative than... Uh, some of you, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter, I guess. But this movie did not work for me. And I, I have a huge issue with a lot of it, especially the people are kind of praising this movie for the emotional stuff, right? The people are saying like, yeah, this has some really emotional stuff toward the end. I think that it's, I don't think any of it works at all. I think that it's all kind of just stupid and kind of dumb. And I can't really get into why I think it's dumb toward the end without spoiling things. But okay, yeah. I'll ask this. Um, Brandon Katz. Uh, which, which is funnier though? Do you think this one is funnier than the first movie? Do, are they kind of on the same? Where are you at? I think both movies are very funny. I think Deadpool one had more standout jokes, more jokes where weeks later you're talking with your friend. You're like, man, mm. that one scene was hilarious. I think it has more examples of that than this one does. So this one, you know, it, it just power packs the jokes. They're flying at you faster than Deadpool one. Absolutely. But because of that, I think the impact is dull just a little bit more. I, I would agree with that, especially because I think this one's a little bit too long. I don't know if I, if you guys would There's agree, but issues. yeah, definitely. 119 yeah. minutes. Yes. That's too much Deadpool for me. That's a lot I never thought I'd say once. that. Yeah. And I think that has to do with how I was, you know, feeling like, okay. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, they make a joke about how, like, oh, if we succeed with this scene, there's not going to be a third act. And I was like, are you telling me this is not the third act? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one of my things that I, I found myself really being like, man, what, like, what, what is happening right now? Is, you know, like, the Deadpool comedy action stuff would be super quick and quippy and all that stuff. And then they would, like, it almost seems like they'd be like, oh, we have to be emotional now. Let's stop for, like, five mm. minutes and let's just drag this out. And let's make a weird sex joke and go back into the movie. And like it was never yeah. like and it was never seamless. It was never good transitions between like the Deadpool and like the oh we're trying to be a serious movie this time. It was always like oh oh we forgot this is right. a real story. Hold on, let's do this real quick and then back to it. I want to be more specific because I kind of just was like it's dumb and then moved on. Let's not do that. But the, the, again, there's a lesson that Deadpool has to learn that honestly the lesson he learns about what he's trying to do to try to help this young kid. If you look at the rest of the movie contextually, it makes no sense. Like there's a, a, the lesson here about it's a lesson about killing that is supposed to also connect to like having people in your life sort of. And, but like the whole movie is Deadpool killing all the time and there's no ramifications for that or he, there's no reckoning with that. And so I just never understood what this movie was trying to say. And my thing is like, okay, if you're going to have the first Deadpool, which wasn't trying to do anything like that, it really was just trying to have this guy deal with the fact that he looked ugly. It was an ugly duckling story. That's simple. That's, that's focus. That's something I can like get and is interesting enough to really enjoy the first time. This one, I was, that's why it didn't work for me. Uh, Will, I want to hear from you. Will Action. Um, one thing Mixed I do... My nickname, my real name. Bill no. Action. But in this yeah, case, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear from you on the action in this movie. As One thing I do think this one is a steady improvement of is the action, which I think David Leach probably has a huge role in that. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair to say. It's certainly 
I guess, a little more inspired in that regard, just because, like I said, I mean, the set pieces are a lot stronger. I think they have more playroom to do stuff. And I also think, like you said, I mean, I think David uh, Light just has more experience in that regard, so he can kind of choreograph the scene a little stronger than Tim Miller. Nothing against Tim Miller's action in the first movie. I think it's That's fun, cool. like a kind of intentionally comic, goofy sort of way. But yeah, I mean, if you want to go into this movie for the action, this one's certainly going to be the stronger of the two. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish we could talk about some of the action stuff involving the X Force, but uh, again, uh, that's a good example of like when the action kind of gets traded for like the sake of a gag, and I think for some people it's really going to work. I I don't know. I Maverick, Brandon, were your theaters reacting a lot to these scenes? I mean, in general, were, were our theaters? I can't hear things, but like, were people really into this? In my theater, uh, you know, I, it was a little bit of a tepid reaction. I didn't think people were gut-busting quite as much. There were some audible cheers at certain moments and certain references to other superhero mm. continuity. So I did like, I felt like I was sitting with a knowledgeable audience in that regard. But I wouldn't say it was, you know, you, you go into like super bad for the first time in theaters and everyone's like losing their minds. Yeah, or even the first Deadpool. I do remember people were losing their mind. I could barely hear some of the jokes in the first Deadpool. That's why I was excited to see it again. It's like, oh, what did I miss? The answer is nothing. But yeah, Maverick, I think our theater was probably, I don't think they were tepid, but I don't know. Maybe it's because we were sitting in like the second row and I, they, I, mean, I was pretty I, there, focused on the There were some big laughs. I felt like people were, yeah. were pretty into it. I had some gut-busting laughs. I mean, my favorite joke of the whole thing has to do with the it's it's a repeat of the joke from the first movie about how the X-Men are never around. Mm. I, oh, I lost my mind. That's one of the better jokes. That, be that is the joke. Um, obviously, we won't give it away. Uh, okay, side characters. Uh, I, I want to hear from uh, Brandon. Okay, so we've heard Will really liked Domino. What did you think of uh, What did you think of Domino Cable? Peter. Peter. I think he's the, he's the linchpin here. Peter's great. I mean, Rob Delaney. Uh, very funny. Uh, you know, obviously we're not giving anything away, but I think they use the X-Force team in a creative, unexpected way that I certainly was not anticipating. I think Domino's great. Zazie Beats has already shown that she's very talented on Atlanta. Uh, I like the kid the most because I'm a huge fan for Hunt for the Wilder People. For any listeners that don't know, great uh, indie film by Taika Waititi who directed Thor Ragnarok. Please check it out. It's on Hulu. It's amazing. I think that kid is just absolutely drop-dead hysterical and i loved every moment he was on the scene uh, the the screen what you said earlier you know the emotion some of the emotional stuff didn't work i do agree with that but i did like what they were going for with his relationship with deadpool and i thought he he brought it and held his own against uh you know a film of movie stars i guess i just didn't get it like i, I guess i just didn't understand what they were going for maybe i just need to sit on it a little bit and i can appreciate it upon further introspection but yeah there's something about the relationship between him and deadpool where it's like why am i supposed to care about this yeah i mean listen i get it. well, it's not gonna be everybody's cup of tea i mean it goes into his history of abuse i mean that's like the gist of it but yeah i mean it does feel kind of a, abrasive in how it just kind of wedges itself into the story what about colossus colossus is back negasonic teenage warhead and uh yukio y- yukio shows up this is a character I was not. Uh, I, I don't think I've I've ever heard of. Is this like an established X Men character, or am I missing something? I feel like uh, I should be the one to know that. I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of your thing. I'm letting man. y'all yeah. down. I, I I didn't look it up or anything, but uh, that, that was a character. I was like, wait, okay, so chains with electricity. I mean, I I recognize Shadow Star. That's for sure. But yeah, I apologize. Well, you haven't talked about Peter. 
but I feel like Peter was probably the character that I saw, and I was like, I need to, I need to hear Will's take on this. Uh, did, uh, did it work for you? Considering that that was one of the things I was most looking forward to in the movie, in the sense that I was happy to see Rob Delaney get a big platform in a big budget movie, um, it left me a little underwhelmed. I don't know. I, I feel like most of his jokes are in the trailers already, so I didn't really get a mo- that much out of him this time. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm happy to see Rob Delaney get this platform to do his thing, and I think he's enjoying the spotlight. So, in that sense, it's fine. It's not. It's, he's not bad. I just I was like, I guess I was just expecting more with all the marketing and build up they were building around his character. That's that's exactly my impression. Yeah, because they. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I think it would have been a really fun surprise if they had not <laughs> included any of that stuff in the trailer. Yeah, but... I mean, I think they should have like pushed that until after the film. Maybe, yeah. Like, it, like it's funny that he has like a LinkedIn page and like his his Twitter account is like very mundane and sweet. But if I had known the character after I saw the film and then that was building up, I think it would have been really funny. But pushing it ahead of the release was, I think, a poor decision. I'm not going to be that guy who says, "Oh, Peter should just have his own movie." But I do Man, kind of that's... want that. I I do kind of want a movie about like a befuddled Rob Delaney dad character in like a gory action movie. With like, sure, I mean, I just don't think it would work for this character. But I, I, that idea could be funny. That's I, I that's would... kind of what. Yeah, I'm not saying. Th- yeah, yeah, you, we're on the same page. I don't know that any character necessarily like didn't work for me. Um, I thought Cable was pretty underwhelming. I think the trailers made him seem like he was just going to be like this overwhelming you know, like force. And I don't know. I just didn't get that impression from, or not that impression, but like, I just didn't get that from the movie. I, I didn't feel what I think I was supposed to feel about cable. Like I wasn't worried mm, about him being yeah. there. It was just kind of like, yeah, he's strong, but like he seems to be handled well <laughs> by what's going on. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I feel like a lot of the characters didn't, didn't do what they were supposed to for me. You know, like I didn't even know who Yukio was as you did. I was like, what, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, I mean, she's just chat. She's cute. Yeah, it was, it was all pretty underwhelming. I think for me, as far as, as characters go, I don't. I wish I had more to say on that. But yeah, I just, me too. I I, I kind of just looking. I was like, should, shouldn't I like these characters a little bit more? Blind Al didn't really do it for me this time, like mm-hmm. she did the first one. But there's some good jokes in here that do tie back into the first one. Um, the cure for blindness is a particular one that I had yeah. forgotten about. I'm glad I did see the movie again. Um, okay, let's let's get into our final thoughts and grades here. Uh, yeah. I, I really struggle because I, I I want to be a little bit more positive because I know this movie's working for people and I don't want to be a, 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 you know kind of negative here and I I see the value I see the fun of it I, I I would have been much more content if I had had a blast watching this the first time and then similar to first Deadpool like I just you know didn't rewatch it again or find a need to but there was something about this I just uh, it, it just didn't click for me so I had a hard time enjoying it and uh, that might just be a personal thing here I, because there were moments of it that I did find pretty hilarious but I'd say it was more so Will you said it, the jokes were hit or miss uh, I think there was way more miss than hit for me um, certain jokes like jokes at Marvel and DC's expense those are always easy good ones you know like there's a, there's a couple really solid uh, Marvel jokes in there and uh and I, I do kind of like some of the, the conceptual gags that they do, but a lot of the time I was just sitting there being like, that's not funny. That's just not funny at all. And uh, yeah, comedy subjective. Uh, I, I really struggled because I wanted to give this one, I was more leaning toward a C plus, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one a mulligan and B minus it because I, I do think that I wasn't 
bored at all during this movie, actually. I mean, I, I was kind of wondering when it was going to end, but it did keep me entertained enough. And uh, I think it gets, I think it gets the job done and what it's trying to do fine. It just isn't a very compelling story with a lot of compelling characters. So B minus is uh, on the low end. Uh, what about you, Will Ashen? Yeah, I was actually kind of expecting to be on the more negative side in this review, so it's funny that I'm a little more positive. But I guess I'm in the same camp as you as far as being a B minus. There is a lot in here I like and a lot I don't, Uh, especially compared to my experience watching the first movie. It just it just feels like a a a lot's going on that it's like you just kind of give and take. I mean, there are some jokes that we haven't even mentioned here that I really enjoy. Like there's a running gag about um, how he beat Passion of the Christ in domestic box office. So he compares himself to being like a God. That's a running joke that I find pretty funny. Um, and there's a couple other things in here I enjoy, but I do find, I don't know, I guess, like I said, the novelty is not really there. And I found some of the gags to be kind of predictable. Truth be told. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's only so many jokes you can make about green lantern that, I don't know, to me, it just feels yeah, kind it's of beating a dead horse. Really? Right. Like, I know that that's like expecting this film, but it just felt, it didn't really have like the surprise factor that did the first time around where yeah. the actor was, like, acknowledging that he made a bad movie. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, there's a lot to enjoy here. Like I said, the action's good. A lot of like, supporting characters, they're not all great, but they are mostly enjoyable. And I had a good time watching the movie. That's all I really wanted. Uh, I don't think it's one of the best, like, superhero movies ever, like the like some of the people online were saying. But, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I gave it a B-. minus. All right. And uh, I don't know if it's better than the first Deadpool, honestly. Maybe it it's is. It's not. I, I, I really don't know. Um, after my experience with the first one, I, I really can't tell. But uh, also, I did forgot to mention the post the I guess it's not even a post credit scene. The two mid credit scenes, I, I thought they were okay. I, I didn't think they were all that funny, but I think people really yeah, love I, these I don't scenes. Get, like uh, people, I've I don't heard get people be like, like overwhelming. Yeah, people yeah. like this is the best credit scene. I was like, what? Really? I, I thought it was kind of weak. Yeah, especially because I heard what they were going to do. And it was going to be way darker. Yeah, there I was going to be like a baby Hitler. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> there was also they also planned to do. They didn't even they shot it too, but they didn't even shoot one. They were going to have Chris Evans reprise his role as Human Torch. Um, see, that stuff sounds funny to me, but I, I don't know. Yeah, weirdly, like for how irreverent the character is, this film this film feels a little compromised, especially because they had to take out a lot of Disney jokes, apparently. So I don't know. It's a weird kind of. Uh, mix of mixed bag of a film i guess all right maverick Hines, what about you i don't know that i have much more to say than what i already have but um yeah i just feel like the pacing of this movie was uh, a little too slow for the style of movie they were trying to go for um the supporting characters like you guys said just i don't know if they brought much more to the film i feel like this film just really relied on ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds um so yeah, I mean, it's it's it just is, right? It's yeah. and I'm sure this one's going to be you know, not great to watch a second time <laughs> I mean, a couple of years from now as well. So, you know, I don't know that there's much uh much there for me on this one. But saying all that, like I said before, I do think a lot of people will probably still enjoy this, right? You know, it's it's funny and it's vulgar just like the first one and if that's what you loved about the first one, there's there's still some of that here, so I still think it's worth seeing for some people. Um for me this is that's a B minus as well. Wow, straight B minus. That's three of a kind. Um, okay, well then, Brandon Katz. Curious to hear. Uh, and, and I don't even know what kind of grading system you use, but uh, yeah, finish us out. Yeah. So overall, even if Deadpool two isn't quite as 
counterculture as it wants to be. I think there's still a lot of value in these meta self-referential action comedy experiments, you know, as the superhero bubble continues to get bigger and bigger and dominate Hollywood. We need properties like Deadpool to point out the ridiculousness of it all, to poke fun at the familiar tropes and story beats, even if the movie itself indulges in those same beats as it's poking fun of them. Because ultimately, listen, I, I watch these movies. Nerdy comic book reading high school me may have lampooned the guys on the football team, but I still secretly wanted to join. And it does feel a little bit like that, which I like. So I'm going to go more positive than you guys and say just a rock-solid B-plus for me. Wow. Okay. That's what I like to hear. It's a little bit of variety for once. But uh, okay, B-plus. So that, that brings us to about like a B-average somewhat, sort of. Yeah. That sounds about in line. Say again? Bs get degrees. Yeah, Bs get, yeah, B for degree. That doesn't work. Um, all right. Well, that's Deadpool 2. Make up your own mind. I think if you are interested in this movie, you're already going to go check it out. And you know what? For the price of admission, you are getting some really solid jokes and some good action scenes. So that's why I think it makes sense. Uh, B area uh, totally works. But that'll do it for our review. Brandon Katz, thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking Deadpool with us. It was great to hear your opinions and insights. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Great talk. All right, let's get into our mini-reviews. First up, I want to talk about Solo, A Star Wars Story, which is going to be our featured review next week, obviously, but I saw the film a week ago, and I do kind of want to just talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to give anything away, but this is, of course, the new Star Wars movie about the origins of Han Solo, uh, the infamous uh, scruffy nerf herder, as he has been referred to in the past. Uh, this film was directed by Ron Howard and produced by Lucasfilm and Disney. However, uh, it was originally directed by um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who uh, kind of left the project uh, unceremoniously. But Ron Howard finished it, and it's very much a Ron Howard movie, I want to say. Uh, the screenplay is by Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan. And, uh, you know, this is uh, another Star Wars anthology movie like Rogue One. And unlike Rogue One, I want to say that I actually sincerely thoroughly enjoyed this movie i had a lot of issues with rogue one i, I did not enjoy that movie quite as much and i i try that's another movie i tried rewatching, and i just didn't it just didn't quite uh didn't quite have a great even as good of an effect on me the second time uh even as compared to the first but this movie follows the adventures of a young han solo chewbacca how he meets him and lando calrissian and we have some new characters uh played by woody harrelson amelia clark and uh, there really are some really fun characters in this. And I, you know, I, I, just to keep it simple here, uh, this movie has been described as a space Western. And it really is kind of in that vein. It, it, it's it's very much like a, an adventure type movie. And those of you who know, like, my taste in movies, including Will Ashen himself, you, you know that I love me some some old school adventure movies, Mask of Zorro being my favorite movie of all time. And that's a big reason why this movie sincerely works for me. Uh, it, it, it really is a, it, it's just, it doesn't have any of the pretense of the later Star Wars movies. It doesn't have that soap opera melodrama that I like, but it's something that we've had for so long, including in Rogue One, where it's like the stakes have never been higher. This one is a, it's just a little bit leaner and it's a little bit more like, you can you really get the sense that uh, Ron Howard and uh, the, the cinematographer here, Bradford Young, were able to just sort of focus on like stylizing this adventure movie. You know, the, the writing. I, I think some people will disagree with me on this, but I think the writing is strong. Uh, there actually is like a thorough line here to sort of explain the Han Solo character in ways that 
I think kind of bring him to like a rebirth of the, who the character is. And, you know, there, there are some themes here that I think are worth talking about and analyzing. I, I already did a uh, review and spoiler free analysis on YouTube and I, I kind of aired out all my thoughts on that already there. Uh, so you guys go check that out. That's on my YouTube channel, John in theory, but I, I, I really do think that there's, there's meat to this movie. There's substance. It's not like an A movie. It's, it's not like in the territory of like last Jedi where it maybe rethink sci-fi or anything like that. But again, it lacks kind of pretense. So you're able to just sort of sit back and appreciate it for what it is. Uh, well, you know, not a lot of critics are agreeing with me on this one. I'm a little sad to say, but it's fine. I, I, it really works for me, but I'm sort of seeing a lot of people are really mixed on it. A lot of people are kind of just, they didn't want to see this movie. It's not a movie that they wanted, that they ever thought needed to be made. And I agree with them for the most part. This was something that I was very worried about. Um, and I've joked about at the movie's expense, but uh, I, I'm happy to say that uh, I'm I'm a believer. I, I, I like this the style that they're going for. I love the look and feel of it, the cinematography of it. Um, this co- sort of like, a, there's just sort of like a pulsing rhythm to this movie. It really like carries itself along. Like they, there are set pieces in here that I think are genuinely really thrilling that harken back to a new hope in ways that we haven't really gotten since new hope. And uh, I, I really dig it. I really dig it a lot. Um, are you excited about this one at all? Will Ashton? Or are you kind of, are you dreading? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was excited when Phil Lord and Chris Miller were involved, and they got Alden. Er- How do you pronounce his last name? Alden Ehrenreich. Right. Yeah, I Ehrenreich. mean Alden Ehrenreich, Donald Glover, Woody Harrelson, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Uh, Phoebe, yeah, there we Phoebe go. Waller Fleabag. Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge is a highlight. Yeah, I've heard she's great. I mean, if you haven't watched Fleabag, you really gotta check that out. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I was more interested to see what they were gonna do because I don't really think there's too much to. Han Solo's origins that really fascinate me. I, I enjoy the mystique of the character more than anything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll go with an open mind. I really don't know what Ron Howard and his 64-year-old ass is going to do with the young <laughs> stories of Han Solo, but I'll give it an open shot. I mean, I'm... Uh, open shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see what it, what's going on. And I hope it's good. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, I've, I've been hearing mixed things, so I'm glad you're on the more positive side of things. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think a big reason it works is precisely because of the ensemble cast of it. They smartly didn't try to make it all about solo uh there there actually are some other characters here who get to shine and uh some of there's interesting surprises along the way now am i fully on board with all these extra characters not precisely i think amelia clark is kind of a blank slate here and we'll talk about it next week but yeah her character was a little bit bit more miss for me but we'll talk about it and uh, we'll talk about what works and what doesn't next week for now let's jump into uh book club Book Club is a movie that uh, we okay we teased it last week. Will sell me on this one, man, or don't? Book Club, yeah, yeah. It's um, how am I gonna sell you on this? It's <laughs> well, what uh, did you think first of all? I, I I'm just kind of assuming actually. Well, I, I should explain the premise first. Es- essentially, it's okay. So there's let me see if I can remember. Uh, Jane Fonda, uh, Diane Keaton, Mary Steinberg, and uh, oh, what's her name? Cadis Bergen, is that right? I don't remember who the other person is. Murphy Brown? Yeah, uh, yeah they, they're these like uh, practically lifelong friends. For 40 years, they've had this book club. Their lives have been uh, turbulent throughout the years, but they've they've kept this bond through this book club. That's like really the one consistent thing they've had for all these decades. 
And things get shaken up a bit when they decide to read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And it, it makes them question their relationships, their standings in life, and all that stuff. And it's a cute premise. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's really one that should be done in 2018 when, like, the last of, uh, you know, the fanfare for Fifty Shades of Grey has basically passed with the new movie. I don't, I don't know why they're doing this now and not, like, two or three years earlier. But uh, as a vehicle for, you know, women over 50 to just kind of be the center focus and make jokes and, you know, talk about sexuality and stuff that is usually not something we see in these Hollywood films. I want to support this movie, but I don't know. It, it's honestly, I just, I just don't think it's a good film. Like mm-hmm. I, I think the comedy is bland and predictable. I, I, I think the movie tends to go for like the time of humor. I don't really like, which is like, Oh, <gasps> gas sex talk like what is this and stuff and i don't know i mean it it just feels kind of banal to me and when you were talking about life of the party last week um you were saying that the movie didn't really know if it wanted to be raunchier or sweeter i didn't really agree with you on life of the party but uh with this movie that's where i feel is that like it's it has a lot of crude sex talk but it's also like not really going it's afraid to really dwell into like the juicier stuff of the book so it's like in this weird in-between place where it's like i wouldn't feel comfortable watching this movie with my grandparents but i don't i don't think it's really pushing itself past the envelope for what it should be so it's like this weird like middle of the road movie with a good Mm -hmm. cast and they're all they're doing fine i mean i don't know i feel like personally diane keaton's been playing like the same character for like 10 or 15 years now (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like, I, I really want to support her because she's been great in the past, but I feel like if you took scenes from, like, every movie she's done from, like, I don't know, like, post some, uh, Something's Gotta, gotta give, give to, and, like, now, yeah. it's, like, a bunch of, like, older women in turtleneck sweaters <laughs> being concerned. Like, I don't know. I feel like she's been doing the same thing for, like, two year, two decades almost, but... I mean, I she's know, in I'm, her 70s. Give her a break. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm being a little unfair there but I, I think she's always a likable screen presence to be fair um but no i mean mary steinberg i think she's great and i i love that this movie and uh last man on earth has given her like a chance to be seen again are you, are you saying like, steenberg steinberg what? you mean steenberg oh, is it steenberg it's steenbergen well i don't know exactly how to pronounce it i feel like i used to but steenbergen i i apologize to mary steenbergen um it's yeah hard because no, there's candace version in this yeah yeah i think that's where i'm getting mixed up here and and she's very good too she's probably like as far as the comedy is concerned the the strongest i've always the, found her hysterical yeah she's i mean she's obviously you know a comedy legend and mm. she's really having the most fun here i think uh just because her character doesn't really she's like the one that's focused on the least but she's the one that gets to do the most jokes essentially so yeah i mean it, it's fun to see her again on a big screen as well i feel like that hasn't been so she hasn't been on the big screen for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've gone on longer than I wanted to for this movie. It's it's not much of a movie. It's just uh, it's just a, a good chance to see these, you know, big screen legends do their thing in a nice kind of quaint movie. But it really didn't work for me. And I, I'm sorry to say that's the case. But it's not, it's not made for me. I'm not the target audience like with Life of the Party. Uh, I can see an audience for it. But for me, it was like a C minus. All right, C minus for book club. Uh, so far, uh, the movie's doing pretty well. It only costs ten million to make, and it's made um, almost half that in just a couple of days. So uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a hit there for uh, Paramount. But yeah. uh, 
And and also, I think the reviews are decent. It's like in the 60s, yeah, 50s for Rotten Tomatoes. More positive than I've been, which is fine. I mean, I'm yeah. glad people are enjoying the movie. I should also say that uh, Andy Garcia and Craig T. Nelson are in the movie, and they're good fun. Actually, Andy Garcia in general is weirdly like the sexiest he's ever been in like two, like a decade and a half. Wow, well, I... <laughs> All right. Take do with that information what you will. <laughs> Will's opinion on Andy Garcia's sexiness has finally I, been I, established. I've seen reviews say it as this as well. That's why Are I you about to say we need it. to start our own book club here, Will Ashen? And uh, that's it's funny you say it. I've always wanted to be in a book club and I've never been in a book club. You won't even read my book, so I don't think that's, that's gonna. That's fair. I've been behind on that one as well. So <laughs> yeah, that's a... yeah, behind, almost a year behind. That's a, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll read it i'll read it yeah yeah sure we'll talk about it next year all right well that's book club uh c minus from Alashin. um i want to quickly do uh two shows that just had their season finales um now i unfortunately can't talk about i haven't seen 13 reasons why yet the new uh, season just went up um i haven't had a chance to see that one quite yet so hopefully we'll have time to talk about that next week or hopefully i'll find time to see some of that show um, and also New Girl, uh, the series finale has happened and I haven't had a chance. Um, I'm just now catching up on the last question or the last, uh, uh, season of New Girl right now. New Girl is a show that I truly love. I don't know about it, you will. I like it. I haven't watched too much of it, but what I've seen, I've enjoyed. Right on, right on. Um, I, I have, however, finished Silicon Valley season six, um, and Barry season one. I think that's right. Silicon Valley, is it season six? I, I literally just is it guess season six or season five. It it could be. Um, I might have to do a little bit of a fact check there. So I'm very sorry. But uh, Silicon Valley is one of my one of my favorite shows on HBO. Um, and Barry is on HBO as well. So I wanted to talk about both of them. Um, now r- remind me, Will Ashton. Uh, you, you've watched. Have you watched all of the uh, Silicon Valley? And by the way, it's season five. I just checked. Have you? Have you? Yeah, are you that's what I thought. That sounds right. Uh, I actually have not watched the new season. Unfortunately, it's one I've been mean to watch, but uh, I haven't gotten the chance. But I've heard the season's pretty good, and I've heard they're able to work around T.J. Miller's absence. Yes, they do it in brilliant fashion. Um, yeah, this season, honestly, I found it to be much better than last season. Um, I'm a really and I, I like last season, so I, I, I'm I liked not it fine. I, I didn't love it though. Uh, it, it felt a little more like I guess wandering than the other three seasons. Like I think they're just they're trying to figure out what to do with T.J. Miller, and they had like another season of like them like kind of stalling and starting again. It was starting to mm-hmm. feel like they're trying to do something different, and I think they might have uh, overshot it a bit by making the main character a bit of a too much of a jerk. Yeah, for yeah. his own good. Which is why season five I think is probably their best season yet because they finally are they're doing new things with it. Um, so for those of you listening and you haven't seen it, Silicon Valley is just really great comedy um, about what life is basic like basically what my life is like out here in Silicon Valley. Uh, it's a big reason why I started watching this show years ago. The first season came out right when I moved here to California and I started working a tech job uh, here in uh, what's considered the South Bay and. I, I love this show because it's about very earnest, um, smart, but uh, sarcastic characters kind of trying to solve very complicated problems. And it's a great primer on sort of the ins and outs of what it's like to 
work at a startup where you're trying to get venture capital, you're trying to implement like new technologies and you're trying to balance like the vision of a startup with like the really severe realities of what like the cutthroat nature of people around here. And it lampoons uh, the Bay Area and San Francisco and like this whole tech world in ways that I find very refreshing, very funny, very, uh, just very biting, you know, like it, it takes so many great shots at uh, sacred cows that uh, it, it really is like a favorite, uh, especially among a lot of us who live around here. I do know people in this area who, when they watch Silicon Valley, a lot of them wait before they see any of it because they hate um, I, I literally had one person tell me, it's like, I, it's too real for me. <laughs> he was like, I just, when I watch this show, it's just too much of my life. And I don't want to watch that week in, week out. He'll like I've, binge it in like one sitting. I've heard that the show is like less surreal than real life. Like there's been things in real life that's happened. Right. And they're like, we can't put that on the show because people won't believe it. And sometimes there are things that happen in the show where you're just like, that's, that feels like a stretch. But when you look it up, no, that's for right. real. There's like, right, a, exactly. Yeah. So in season four, there's a whole thing where like, there's a blood boy subplot where this yeah. really rich billionaire has a person, a, a young, healthy male who like gives him blood constantly like blood transfusions and he says blood boy and the idea is that it's going to like make him live longer. That is real. Like people actually right. do that around here. So that's just a little taste, Crazy. I guess. Yeah. Season five is great because we we have these characters we've been following for five seasons now who they have this new vision. They have this new vision for their company, Pied Piper. Uh, they want to make the new internet. And that finally goes underway in this. And they actually get office space. They kind of have a new set location. The characters have to deal with like a whole new... There's like new characters that come in that like the senior staff have to reckon with. There's some really great jokes here. There's some great Tesla jokes. There's some great, uh, uh, great moments of drama between um, Richard, the main character, and Jared. Uh, Jared, who is just a standout. He's become really the, the show's heart and soul. Uh, I, I always forget the name of that actor. He played Gabe Lewis in The Office. Um, his oh, he, you're talking about the guy who plays Jared? Jared, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, the, by the way, Masters. Jared is one of my favorite characters in television history. I think he is hysterically funny. He, every he gets single all scene. the best lines. Him and him and Gilfoyle and Dinesh, I, I think, make up a really great trinity of funny comedic characters. But Jared shines yeah. above them. Oh yeah, no, and I, 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 and every time he reveals a little bit more about his backstory and it's like so heartbreaking, but so funny at the same time. I like literally, I am like cracking up just thinking of some of the tidbits of his backstory and especially in season five that we get, um, and, uh, that's Sequitz, by the way, <laughs> oh the actor. Gosh, well, I hope this is the, re- this is the review of me. Just, I, I'm laughing this much just thinking about it. I don't want to give yeah. it away. Okay. And, so that's uh, Silicon Valley yeah. season five It's the show's doing better than ever. And I think that I really hope they end it on season six you think um, so yeah i think it's getting to that point where they need to wrap it up um and i think they're about to peak and i think if they focus on finishing it for this next season i think that they could have it end on a really strong note that's just where i'm at who knows maybe they could do like seven i don't know but no i mean i think point. i think six or seven seasons is good i mean i i don't really know how much they can do at this point to get to eight seasons mm-hmm. but like i said i still need to see the new season so i'm not even really sure where they're going this time but yeah, I, I would say if they wrapped it up sooner than later, that's probably for the best. Yeah, and then do a movie. That'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if a movie would work, but I, I get what you're saying, yeah, with the community. 
Uh, I forgot to ask, did you ever finish Barry season one, the other HBO show? No, I'm, I'm behind on everything TV-wise, so... Not a problem. Um, yeah. We've talked about Barry on the show before. This is the new show uh, created by Bill Ader, and, uh, I, and not he, he's not the only creator. He's a co-creator, and he, uh, he directed some episodes. This is the show about a contract killer, and of course, Bill Ader stars in it, uh, with Steven Root. Uh, he started, he's a contract killer who goes to Los Angeles and takes up acting. And uh, the f- first season just finished airing. Um, it's only eight episodes. And I've already reviewed the show before, so I'm not really going to get much into it. But I, it's just a call to like, if you have been waiting to binge Barry, this is a great opportunity because the episodes are pretty short. Uh, you can really watch it in just a handful of sittings. And uh, it, it really is a terrific show. I want to go back and rewatch it. It, uh, it it just has some really it has great action in it strangely enough like there there's some really good like shootout scenes and like there there's just so much drama between the idea of acting and killing and there's a, just that comparison that's drawn there it there are some moments where it, this show really kind of knocked me out off my seat so uh that's Barry season one I, I still am recommending it and now you can check out the whole first season but let's let's finish things out with a documentary um, well, Ashton, you recently saw a documentary about Pope Francis. Tell us about it. I did. Yeah, um, so we're going to start with Deadpool and go with the Pope, uh, as one does, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, Pope Francis... One. What's that? So you've been sitting on that one. I guess so, yeah. Um, so the the movie is called Pope Francis, A Man of His Word. I won't go on too long, because I don't know how much interest there is in this movie or not. Uh, I had a screening for it, that's why I decided to check it out. Uh, it's the new Wim Wenders movie. Um, people probably know Wim Wenders for a variety of different things. Uh, I am actually not too familiar with his filmography, so this is one of the first movies I've seen from him. Uh, I, I'm almost certain it's the first documentary of his I've seen. And it's it's interesting. I mean, it's certainly um, what you expect for most of it. I think it just... It, it's acknowledging, you know, like, Pope Francis, he is... Not so much a radical, but he has more progressive views than what has been established in Catholicism mm-hmm. before. And it, it just kind of gets into his ideology and what he strives for and what he views life to be. And, I mean, if you're looking for that, I think it's going to service you well. Um, I, I was expecting more, uh, I guess, cinematic flair to it. And there are like a couple moments, especially towards the beginning, where it goes pretty stylish. Especially because they have like a running... Um, mirror narrative with uh saint francis which i actually feel like it's overlooked more than it doesn't uh but overall i mean i don't know i i don't really have too much to say because i feel like it's exactly what you think it is so um if you think it's your thing check it out if not i think you're gonna be bored by it but it's a good movie and i give it a b all right. Yeah, about what Sorry I expected. Sorry to be so short swift on that one, but I really don't have much to say. Yeah, I mean, it's Pope Francis. If it's a, it sounds like it does its job of like telling you a bit about who he is, and if you're interested yeah. in the subject matter, then it's, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I, I, I don't really feel like getting into my history with Catholicism, so yeah, I'll oh. just say it that every time I get a little little tidbit of Will's backstory, I just get more and more interested. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't have a, a Catholic background myself, so uh, I'm a little bit more on the outside of that one. But uh, I do, I hear about the Pope, of course, all the time. And uh, doesn't <laughs> I definitely, no, I definitely respect a lot of uh, what he's done for the Catholic Church based on my understanding. And yeah, and I know people uh, very much uh, 
very much aspire to him and uh he, he's a force of good in this world from my estimation so yeah um all right that'll do it then for our mini reviews yeah. uh sorry what i was just gonna make a joke about the young pope but oh, it's not yeah. worth it. i love the young pope that is a good show <laughs> yeah i love that yeah it's, uh, so you've turned around on that the young pope i i it did kind of it did kind of get me i i gave it some more chances um I just you can't you can't root against Jude Law, I guess. But he is so swarmy and charismatic in that show. It, it's I, I, it's it's maybe my favorite performance by him, to be honest. Wow, that's an interesting interesting topic of discussion. Then for another day, whole so. strategy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see if HBO pays it off. Um, okay, yeah. I, they're gonna get a second season apparently. So I, I don't know how they're going to continue from here, but that's certainly one way to go. Yeah, and. Uh, I forgot to mention too with Deadpool. Speaking of renewals, there's already they're already working on Deadpool three. So uh, is it Deadpool three or X Force? Uh, they're saying it's going to be Deadpool three, but X Force is going to happen before. Okay. Yeah. So sort of like how the Avengers proceed, like Iron Man three. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there like a Deadpool cinematic X Force universe? I don't know. Well, I mean, just like a, as far as I guess like a team up, they'll have like their buddy movie, and then they'll focus right. on. Deadpool again, and so, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm that would be following, it. yeah, because it was Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Avengers, Iron Man Three, yeah, yeah, no Iron Man Four though, probably never will have that. You don't really need it. No. Well, yeah, in my opinion, but. his arc's complete. Yeah. All right, uh, let's close out the show with what's coming soon to theaters. First up, the obvious one: Solo, a Star Wars story. This is a wide release shocker from Disney and Lucasfilm, and uh, already mentioned, it's directed by Ron. Howard and uh, we didn't mention though it did premiere at Cannes Film Festival. Uh, we were kind of on the wire to record our Deadpool review, so we didn't really have a chance to talk about Cannes Film Festival. But uh, maybe, maybe next week. I feel kind of bad yeah. if if you guys are really itching for some can talk, um, uh, let us know. And if we if we see a demand for it, we've been thinking about maybe doing like a bonus episode where you can talk to somebody who was there. Uh, that might be a lot of fun, similar to our Sundance Ugh. episode. So yeah, uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, if, if that's something you want to see, let us know, and uh, we'll we'll make it happen. But uh, yeah, Solo a Star Wars Story, it's going to be in theaters all over the world uh, starting this weekend, and I already recommend it, but uh, we'll definitely be talking about it, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good discussion about that one. But uh, Will, uh, what else is coming out? Oh boy. Well, I mean, obviously, like you said, Solo is going to be the main attraction, I think, for most people, but there are some good you know, indies coming out. For instance, there's Mary Shelley, which is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the story of the lady behind frankenstein the, the book she wrote when she was 19 um a woman this, wrote frankenstein tell me more i mean is this not common knowledge i mean some um, i legitimately some people do not know who mary shelley is really okay yeah. not everybody um, went, well, had a fancy college education like you Lash. well i read i i mostly read it in high school so oh well some of us some of us went to like you know schools where they didn't teach us everything which is me i guess so i didn't even have a good high school education (laughs) i didn't i well we didn't learn about frankenstein ever yeah but anyway if you want to know more about mary shelley you should check out this movie i guess it premiered at the toronto film festival last year uh it didn't make a huge splash but it earned some good noses mostly for ellie fanning's performance she is the one playing the Main character herself, Mary Shelley. Uh, there's a lot of people involved as well. Douglas Booth, Belle Powell, right? Belle Powell. She was from Pally, uh, Diary of a Teenage Diary. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, fantastic actress. Maisie Williams, 
uh, Joanne Fogger. I'm not going to get that. Yeah. Uh, Ben Hardy, a bunch of other people. I'm just not even going to try. Yeah. Yeah. It's a loaded cast and it's, uh, the filmmaker who made Wajada. I I've seen, uh, good reviews for this movie, but I actually haven't checked it out myself. I think it's it's Waja. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible with names right now, so uh, I I am just going to glaze over that, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it, it's not getting amazing reviews, but it seems like the performances stand out. And I think Mary Shelley is a fascinating woman. Um, and if you don't know about her story, check out the movie. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to check this out. Uh, it's a great addition to those of you doing the 52 Women in Film Challenge. Um, uh, it's directed by Hafiz Al Mansour, who's a Saudi Arabian filmmaker, and I yeah I've I've heard good things. Um, it was a surprise screening at the San Francisco Film Fest, and uh, yeah, I think IFC is on a roll. They've they've done some good. The, speaking of Cannes, they uh, the house that Jack built that new uh, Lars von Trier movie oh, premiered boy. at Cannes, right? So uh, yeah, from the same IFC films. Yeah, so, that uh, one yeah. certainly made an impression. Maybe if we do yeah. the. Uh, both up so we can delve more into that but it seems like people certainly have thoughts about that movie i really want to hear more about it yeah yeah um okay and we have another indie summer 1993 summer 1993 is a limited release from ocelope labs uh i don't think it's gonna be coming out here in the bay area but i'm gonna be looking at it because uh, uh for those of you who never heard of ocelope uh it was co-founded by uh david finkel who he was one of the founders of a24 actually and uh, this is uh, Spain's official entry into the best foreign language category at the Academy Awards for hmm. 2018. So I uh, definitely want to see this because uh, it could be uh, it, it could be a contender for uh, the next Oscars. But this is a and I'm also really interested in this one because it's a coming of age film, um, but it's autobiographical. Um, so Carla Simon, uh, this is another um, this is another. Uh, 52 I, w- I was like blanking for some reason oh, 52 yeah, film by women by women yeah yeah uh it's about carla simon's life um when she was six years old and she moved with her uncle from barcelona to the country and uh she has to kind of like move on from like her relationship with her mother adapt to a new life and uh it's supposed to be pretty heavy so i really want to check this one out and uh, i do love spanish language films uh personally so summer 1993 that was a- many summers ago but uh, I think we have uh, just one indie left, Will Ashen. Yeah, I mean, I apologize if I am not as familiar with this one as I am with Mary Shelley or Solo, but the other movie we're going to talk about is In Darkness, which is the new Natalie Dormer movie. You probably know Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones, uh, Hunger Games, that uh, one movie that I'm blanking on the title of that came out a couple years ago, the horror oh, movie. Oh, yeah, the forest thing. Yeah, is she that what it was called, the, the forest? Maybe she goes into, like, the suicide forest. In yeah, she goes into the suicide forest. Uh, trendsetter before Logan Paul. Oh, um, gosh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Debate whether or not to do that joke, and I just plowed right through it. <laughs> yeah, you went for it, man. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to uh, bounce off that, I guess. This is a murder mystery thriller set in London, and it's a husband and wife duo. Um, actually, it's Natalie Dormer's husband who uh, co-wrote and directed the film. Did, is it saying that Natalie Dorman wrote it as well? She also, yeah, yeah. They, okay. They're a husband and wife team. They're the next Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and um, it's about a blind magician, uh, blind magician, or no, sorry, mu- musician. 
played by Natalie Dormer, who hears a murder committed in an apartment upstairs, and that sends her down a dark path into London's gritty crime underworld. That sounds like a fun kind of <laughs> premise, but uh, yeah, I'm not very familiar with the movie myself, so I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit of buzz. I've heard, you know, small things. Um, I'm not looking forward to it because it's from the, it's from Vertical, and they did. Uh, I don't. Did you ever? Did you see the layover with Alexander oh, Daddario? No. I, I heard that was just just awful. I heard it was so bad. Um, and also That's LBJ. The H. Mason one, right? Huh? The, isn't that the one William H Macy directed with um, Kate or not? Yeah, Kate Upton and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Alexander Daddario, right? Is yeah, that the they movie co-star. Yeah, yeah. I heard that movie was so bad. And uh, LBJ. Uh, happened um, yeah that, that didn't really make much of a dent in the public conversation but well, vertical co-produced I, it so yeah I, I i heard it wasn't terrible it just wasn't really much of anything mm-hmm. from what i from what little i heard i should say for so. woody for a woody harrelson biopic you'd think uh there'd be a little bit more to it but no yeah it seems like the kind of movie like if it came out in the 90s i'd probably be like a heavy awards contender but now it just kind of yeah. uh got washed up in the noise I mean, so. in the same yeah but i mean in the same breath that we saw the darkest like not the but darkest hour with uh gary oldman playing winston churchill i guess you know yeah but i think um joe wright has a little more uh prestige right now than rob reiner who hasn't really had like a major hit okay so uh, here's okay if you ever say anything in negative about rob reiner again will this podcast is over Okay. You, you are very sensitive about anything I might say that demeans Mr. Rob Reiner. Because we always get back to this, and it's like you just want to pretend that his hot streak in the 80s was a fluke. It wasn't. I didn't, I didn't pretend that. I'm just saying that right now he isn't what he used to be, and that's fine. Ugh. I mean, that's, it is with most filmmakers. It's like you don't but, watch yeah. New Girl, where he plays oh, really? Jesse's he dad. Un- yeah, he has a recurring role, and he's hilarious. Nice. And I, I watch really it enjoy and his, so uh, bad. string of supporting roles of late, especially like in Wolf of Wall Street and a couple other things that he's been in recently. Yeah, he, he's a good, fun actor. I just don't know if his filmmaking output of late has been quite as solid, but I am always willing to give a good Rob Reiner movie a shot. I haven't seen LBJ, though. Well, I apologize for projecting some of my Rob Reiner baggage onto you. You didn't deserve okay. it. So, uh... I'll put of knowing your... Uh, sensitivities i guess when it comes to rob reiner sensitivities and, uh, is the correct word yes um that's the best note possible to end this episode t- titled deadpool 2 um leave us a review on apple podcasts uh, itunes stitcher if you like our show hang out with us on facebook and twitter you can find us on facebook and twitter just look up cinemaholics podcast and uh we're always posting content and hanging out and uh doing all kinds of fun stuff so uh, we appreciate all of your support, and uh, we've got some new ratings this week on the on the podcast channels. Uh, seriously, appreciate all of that, and uh, you can donate to this podcast on Patreon. Um, that helps us keep the show going, of course, and we appreciate all of your donations. Um, everyone who's donated, thank you so much. And if you have any feedback for us, just email us anytime, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, let us know what's on your mind. Uh, we'll see you next week to talk about Solo. But until then, from the Internet California, I'm John Agroni. And for the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Will Ashton. For Maverick Hines, Brandon Katz, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, <laughs> we'll see you next time.